Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, you can tell Pastor and Pastor Angel they're not here this morning. They're actually in California. Uh, left on Thursday to go out there for the Holy Ghost meetings. Typically, they're a little later in the year, uh, but uh, in, uh, later in January, but they moved them up to the beginning of uh, the month this year, and so they'll be in the meetings this week. Actually, they started Friday night, I think, was the first meeting. Or actually, no, Thursday night, I think, was the first meeting, but uh, I don't know. They have two meetings a day, every day, uh, until next Friday, uh, or this coming Friday, and then, then they preach in the Bible school after that every day for several hours uh, the following week. So they've got a busy schedule ahead of them. And uh, so we're, we're glad they're out there. Actually, Kenneth Copeland was, has been out there the last few days. And has anybody watched that, any of the meetings? All right. And then, uh, then Richard Roberts will be ministering after that. And then uh, pastor's doing uh, Tuesday, Tuesday morning, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, and Thursday morning, I think. And Pastor Nancy's doing the night services Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So he'll be ministering in the, in the, in the uh, Holy Ghost meetings as well. It's funny. He's uh, before he left. He said, "You know, he he's a little uh, was a little nervous about having to get up a minister after Kenneth Copeland and then Richard Roberts. That's kind of a that's a little intimidating. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, he is a world class teacher. So, uh, um, if you you may not realize it, if you don't, you 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 should be aware that Pastor is really a world class teacher. He's uh, uh, he is a he's a phenomenal teacher, and um, we're very blessed." to have them here, and you're blessed to be a part of it, and, and uh, never take these things for granted. Never take these things for granted. You could get me every week, and that'd be bad, so never take these things for granted. No, he's a great, he's a great uh, teacher, so I know they're going to have a great time. You know, there's a lot that God wants to do this year. You know, Pastor, last week, if you weren't here and, and didn't hear him minister, he was talking last week and about, uh, really was a New Year's message last, last week, and uh, even though we were still in 2018. You know, it's interesting, every time we move into a new year, I don't personally believe that God's looking at the calendar. I don't think that God necessarily cares that it's 2019, which, by the way, is kind of strange to think that next year is 2020. I mean, that's like science fiction movie stuff. That's really weird, you know? Um, I was telling the, the kids the other night, you know, I remember when Y2K happened and all the, everybody freaking out. We're gonna, it's 2020. That is really weird. But anyway, 2019, we're only a year away. But, you know, I don't believe, like I said, I don't believe that God necessarily is looking at the calendar. And I don't think that, you know, he, I don't believe God makes New Year's resolutions. You know, <laughs> when you're perfect and you got it all figured out, you know, you don't need to make a New Year's resolution. He doesn't do that. But, you know, for us, it, it, we do live based upon time here, and it's something that we, we, we are aware of. And, and, you know, I think God gets excited because people start paying attention and start looking at, at what's been, and they start looking ahead with, with hope and expectation of what could be. And, you know, people, whether it be, you know, physically, people make New Year's resolutions about things to do in their bodies or in their families or finances or whatever it is, you know, and those things are good. But I believe God does get excited when our hearts turn toward him about a new day and new things happening and going a new direction and, and really open our hearts up to what God wants to do in our life. And, and you know, the enemy is, is there to, to, his job is, how many know what he comes to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. And, and, you know, the enemy hates New Year's because he doesn't want people to get excited about what God's doing. And he's looking to do the same thing he's always done, is to interfere with the plan of God and, and to rob people of what belongs to him. But how I many know it doesn't have to be that way for us? 
How many know I said it doesn't have to be that way for us? It shouldn't be that way for us. Why? Because we don't belong to him. We used to be his, his servant. We used to be in his family, but thank God we've been delivered, right? But, you know, as we head into the new year, you know, a lot of times people uh, get excited and begin to look around about, about what's been done before and look with expectation with the future. And, and uh, you know, I've got a real expectant heart for what God wants to do. I believe there's a lot of things that God wants to do. There's a lot of things he wants to accomplish in our lives and in our lives personally, in our church, Father, or the, God, the, the Father God wants to do in our, just the, the basic nitty-gritty everyday moments of our life, God wants to get involved. And, and uh, you know, well, go with me over to, um, I have some things personally I've been looking at, so let me, none of this is organized, so. I have just loads of scriptures and things and thoughts, the things that the Lord's been talking to me about and that I just have on my tablet. And yeah, go to Philippians, the third chapter. Scriptures that we know very well around here. And Philippians chapter three. This was Paul writing in, in verse 12, he says, not that I've already attained. How many know these scriptures? Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. How many know that we, gotta, we have to realize that we've not reached the mark? We've not arrived. And so he says, not that I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that uh, for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And so, uh, you know, in these scriptures, they're just like I said, uh, these are scriptures personally here in the end of last year, the beginning of this year that the Lord has been taking me to him and looking at. And in this phrase has just been standing out in, in verse 12, it says that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. That I may lay hold of that of the things which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. You know, I think it's, it's easy sometimes to forget, to lose sight of the fact that no matter how much we've experienced, no matter how much we've seen, no matter how much we, we've, of the goodness of God we've encountered, there are still things that Christ has laid hold of for us and he's laid hold of us so that, how many know that the things that God has that belong to us, they were, without our, they were outside of our reach. Before we were in Christ and in our fallen state, the things that God has for us, they were just outside of our reach. And anytime people, anytime people experience the, any of those things, it was just by the grace of God where, where things moved and things were able to happen where God could just show his mercy on people and, and do things. But, but how many know there's much more to be experienced than we can experience just depending upon grace alone? And mercy alone. There are specific things that Jesus has laid hold of, not, not just us, but specific things he's laid hold of that he wants us to enjoy, things that he wants us to experience, things that he wants us to have. He said, listen, I'm not perfected. I've not already attained. He said, but I, I, I want to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus has laid hold of you, not just for salvation, but also for other things that he wants to do in your life, other things he wants to accomplish in you and through you. There is more that God wants to do. 
And this, this idea of laying hold of the things for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Listen, he has brought us so close. Things that, that were outside of our reach, Jesus has laid hold of those and laid hold of us and brought us together and connected the space that was unconnectable in the past. He's brought them together so those things belong to us through Jesus, they're ours, and he wants us to go after those things. But you know, the enemy is going to want to, is, is going to want to, to oppose us and to be against us and to push against us on every single step. He wants to keep us from entering into what God has designed, what Jesus has laid hold of us for. I mean, we've got to stand our ground and fight the good fight of faith and not put up with the devil getting in our way or telling us any kind of garbage that we can't have it, Right. There is so much that he wants to do. I don't know, this year for me, you know, now 2018, there was, there was many blessings in 2018, but 2018 was also, there was a lot of struggle there. There, was, there, were, there, were, there were some challenges. And, you know, last year, I remember I talked a little bit, I also did the first service of the, of the year last year, and I talked about uh, the fact that God wants to promote us in 2018. I remember talking about God wants to promote us in 2018. And, you know, how many sometimes know that sometimes promotion, there's pain involved in, in promotion, if you didn't know that, there's, there's pain in promotion. And it's because sometimes, you know, in order to step into something, you've got to step out of other things. And, and there's pain involved in that. And not that God's bringing pain, but we've got to, there's pain of letting loose of things and moving beyond things. It's like I've said before, you know, everybody wants a testimony, but if you don't have a test, without a test, there is no testimony. And sometimes to gain that ground, you have to, you have to, the Lord allows us to experience some things. The Lord allows us to move into some things. He allows us to go through some things, right? And and, and I'm not saying it's his will that we, we suffer because the the reality is he's provided the way out. The victory belongs to us. And so when he allows us to, to experience things, it's not so that we can suffer. It's so that we can learn how to trust him, learn to begin to operate and act like not just mere human beings, but people who are in union with Christ and pass that test so you never have to pass it again. And so, you know, in 2018, for me, there was, there was some pain in 2018. There was some test passing that I had to do. And if we're going to continue to move forward, I got good news for you. There's going to be some test passing you're going to have to do in 2019. If you're going to lay hold of things which Christ has laid hold of you, you've got to be willing, number one, to take the test, but also realize that if you can take, if the test is there, you can pass that test. Everybody say, I can pass the test. See, no matter what's happened, no matter where you've been, no matter what's going on, listen, your past success or past failure has got no bearing on what God wants to do this year for you. Has no bearing on the ground you can take, has no bearing on the things that you want to do. Like I said, last year, uh, I said that I believe it was a year of promotion for many of us, for our church, for our families, for uh, and our individual life. This year as well, where there's more promotion to come, there's more things to do. But there's got to be a desire in us to push and to move forward and not settle for where we've been. You know, the past is just that, it's the past. We ought to leave it in the past. We had to leave the past behind us. He said, listen, he said, he said here, not that I've already attained or perfected. He said, but I, 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 that I may lay hold of those things, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind. Like I said, there are some things, you know, I'll be honest with you, in 2018, I didn't pass every test. There were some tests, I didn't, can anybody relate to that? There were some tests maybe you didn't take too well, right? Well, God is faithful. He's going to let me take it again. <laughs> Good news, he's going to let you take it again, right? 
But see, you learn, right? You learn from that. When, when you, when, if, you don't, if you don't pass it well, you learn how to take the test better the next time. I remember in high school, I took the ACT like three times. I didn't do so well the first time. Didn't, I did a little better the second time. Third time, I was like, all right, good, I'm done, right? I did well enough until I was satisfied with it. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Well, in our test, these things, you know, we, we have to maintain. You got to keep taking the test. Some of you have run from the test in 2018, and because you've run from it, you think, you think oh, well, if I, just, if I just don't take the test, it'll be easy for me. No, if you don't take the test, you don't get promoted. And that's also not good, right? If you don't take the test, you stay where you've always been. You don't grow beyond what you've had. The manna you experienced yesterday becomes stale. <laughs> let's not live on stale manna. Let's not live on yesterday's bread. And let's not live on the, the past, uh, the, the progress we've had, but shy away from that. Look, run after the test. Go over there to Mark chapter 11. I looked at this verse on, on a uh, Sunday night a few weeks ago. Mark the 11th chapter. I forgot to start my clock. All right. It runs in the family. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. For assuredly, I say to you, whatever things or, or say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He'll have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. In verse 24, that word ask, it says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, the King James original says that it, that translates that word desire. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You know, really, there's a lot of things that God wants to do. Pastor read the scripture last week, but, but beloved, I, uh, we can look at it first, John, go over there to first John. I'm sorry, let's say first John. Third John, chapter one, verse one, third John one. He read, he read this, he said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now we know John here was writing to, to Gaius, his, his friend Gaius. He said to beloved Gaius in the beginning of that, whom I love in truth. And so we know this was a personal letter, but I mean, this is more than just a personal letter. This is God speaking to us. Think about this, God Pray. His, his prayer for us, his desire for us is that we would prosper in all things and be in health, just as our soul prospers. Like I said, this was John writing to Gaius, but this is really the Lord speaking to us. He desires that we prosper in all things. He desires we prosper in all things. There's so much that he wants us to experience. And that's why he allows us to, 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 to take these tests. That's why he allows us to go through these opportunities of, of personal stretching and personal growth. That's why he allows us to do this. Why? Because he wants us to, to walk into things he has for us, right? To prosper in all of these areas. But it's amazing when you read this, he says, I, I pray that you would prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. There's so much that he wants to do, but really what he wants to do is not nearly as important as what, what do we want him to do for us? 
What is God wanting to do this year? What is he wanting to accomplish? I believe God is excited as, for us as believers. We, when, we, when we, our hearts toward, turn towards him and we, we're expectant with, with what's possible in the new year and we begin to look towards him, God gets excited about that. And there are things that he has waiting. How many know that he has you set up this year? He's got your future set up. He has the next several months set up for you to move you into things that you've always wanted. But it goes back to, you know, he can want all these things for us, but what do you want? What do you desire God to do for you? What are you hungry to see God do in your life? The scripture in Mark chapter 11, it says, whatever you desire, whatever things you desire, you'll have those things. Whatever things you desire when you pray, whatever things you desire, whatever things you desire when you pray, See, our desire is such an important thing. It's such a, such a vital thing to our success. I just want to ask you, what do you desire? The Lord's been asking me, what do you desire? What are the things that you're desiring to be done? What are the things you're desiring to take place in your life, in your family, in your finances, in your, in your, in your body? What are the things you're, you're desiring me to do? And he's not asking because it's just a rhetorical question. He wants to know, what am I looking for? What am I, what, what am I hungry for? What are you hungry for God to do? Like I said, you know, it's 2019, and like I said, I don't believe God specifically cares about the calendar, but you can make this year the best year you've ever had, but what do you want? Man, I'm excited. I'm excited. There's, there's, just, there's just an expectation on the inside of me. Myself personally, there's an expectation on the inside of me. What things do you desire? You know, there, that's funny. John Osteen, not Joel Osteen, but his dad, John, uh, taught a famous message about how bad is your want to. Anybody heard that message before, how bad is your want to? He taught, you ought to go listen to it. It's on YouTube, I'm sure it's there. But uh, uh, he, he talked about this message, very famous message, how bad is your want to? You know, we've got to have a, we've got to have a strong want to in our life. Why? Because there's an enemy that's set against us, and if our want to is little, then we won't push through when opposition comes. I'm telling you, this year you will experience some opposition. This year you will experience some opposition. You're gonna experience just like you did last year. Just because it's 2019 doesn't mean the devil's gonna leave you alone, doesn't mean that you know obstacles aren't gonna be in your way. The same devil's still there. He's still gonna wanna keep you out of your destiny, right? But it really comes back to how bad do you want something? How bad do you desire to have what God has for you? How bad do you want the things for which Christ has laid hold of you for, the things that he wants to attach you to? How bad do you want those things? Your answer will be determined whether or not you get them. It's not God's will. It's how bad do you want it? Will you willing, are you willing to do anything? I remember he told this story. It was funny. He told the story uh, 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 that there was this woman who was, was tired of her husband. He was a drunk and was mistreating her. And he'd come home every night drunk. So she just got tired of it. And so he, every night he'd walk home. I hope I get this right. He would walk home through a graveyard, you know. And he would walk home through this graveyard stumbling around. And, and uh, so one night she said, yeah, I'm going to teach him a lesson. So she hired a grave digger in the graveyard to dig a big old, the deepest grave you can possibly dig right in the middle of the path that her husband always walked to get home. She's going to teach him a lesson. How many know that would probably teach us a lesson, right? And so he comes stumbling along. He'd been for a night of drinking. It was in the dark, pitch black. He's stumbling along. Actually, that's right, that's right. Before he gets there, another guy was walking down the trail. I don't know why people are walking through the graveyard. But anyway, this guy's walking through the graveyard, right? And he's walking along, and he's not the one that she dug the hole for, just some other guy. And he's walking along in the pitch black, and he falls in this hole, 
And, and it's a deep hole. And he, he tried his best to get out. And he was clawing at the surface. He was clawing at the sides. He was trying to get his way out. And, and he just worked and worked and worked until he was absolutely exhausted. And so he just sat down in the corner and just, well, I'll just wait till daylight till somebody else comes along and then get me out of this thing. And I'm just not going to keep exerting myself. That was the end of his want to, right? That was the end of his desire to get out of there. Well, a few minutes later, this, man, uh, this woman's husband, the one whom the hole was dug for, she comes walk, he comes walking along, and he's drunk as a skunk. And so he's coming along, and he walks, and he falls into the hole. And, 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 and I think John Ozzie said that he's, he's sobered up right away. You know, you fall in a hole in the graveyard. Oh, my God, you know, he's trying to get out of this thing. And he was just doing everything he could to get out. He was frantic trying to get out of the hole. The first guy's still sitting there. He's just sitting in the corner just watching, enjoying the show. And so the drunk man, you know, is just doing everything he can to get out of the hole. He's digging, he's clawing, he's trying to get out of the hole. And so finally he just gets worn out. Just, there's nothing left in him. Well, the first guy decided he, now he'll speak up. And so he, in a real spooky voice, he said, you can't get out of here. <laughs> and John O.C. said, the guy did. <laughs> you know, a lot of times when it comes to possessing the things which God, which Jesus has possessed us for and taken hold of us for, we think it's just too difficult. We think it's just too difficult. And we're like the first man that we know there's something there to be had, but because there's some opposition, we decide just to take a rest until somebody else comes along and gets us out of this thing. Until, the, until somebody else, until the daylight dawns, until the test is over, until whatever it is, till daylight dawns, somebody else will come along and get us out of it. And yet somebody else in the same situation with the right motivation, in the exact same situation, in the same darkness, with a little bit of different motivation, they can find their way out of that situation. See, a lot of times we're wanting God to do things, but we're not as motivated as we need to be. We're not as motivated as we need to be. I said we're not as motivated as we need to be. If there's been any area in our life where we've fallen short of the glory of God or not experienced the fullness of who he is and what he's promises, it is not on God's end. I said it's not on God's end. It is on our end, 100%. I know people don't like that, but it's the truth. It's not on God's end, it's on our end. I'll say it this way, it's on my end. And it's on your end. See, motivation, we have to be motivated. Part of this is keeping vision in front of us. What, is, what has God said? What has God promised? What has God spoken? There are many things here that, that God has talking to, talked to many of you in the past about that you've let grow quiet, that you've gotten your eyes off of. You've gotten your attention on, on other things. You've settled. I talked on Wednesday night to the teenager about not settling. You've settled for second best. Can I just say, as believers, we're not second best kind of people. As sons and daughters of God, we are not second best individuals. We're not designed for second best. You're not designed for second best. You're not designed for plan B. You're not designed for plan C. Or wherever on the plan list you may find it. You're not, you're not designed for that. You're designed for first place. God wants us to have every bit of it, but we've got to, we've got to maintain desire to go after all that God has obtained us for. So much God wants to do. So much that God wants to do. Go to 1 Corinthians.
trying to find it. Yeah, here it is. First Corinthians chapter two. We'll start in verse six. However, we speak wisdom amongst those who are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages. What? For our glory. You know, God wants us, God wants to experience glory in our own life. Now, that may be a little bit of a weird concept for some of us, but, but God, the God, the, there are things that God set aside for our glory. So which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, verse 9, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. God has prepared things that you can't even think. You can't even imagine what they are. You can't even imagine what they are. Things that are so far beyond what our expectations, so far beyond what we've seen in the past, so far beyond what anybody in our family's ever seen. God has prepared those things. I has not seen, nor have you even heard about it, the things which God has prepared for you. When God prepares something, he doesn't prepare it just to say he did it. He prepared it so that we could walk in it. And the reality is you're qualified to walk in it. He sees you walking in it. He wouldn't have done it and made it available for you in the first place if he didn't know you could have it and do it. And if he didn't see you walking in those things, no, he believes they're yours. But it goes back to do you want these things? How bad is your want to? How bad, is your, how bad is your desire? How bad is your drive? Do you have the motivation to go after what God has for you? Many people start the year off, you know, with I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, but there's not motivation in them to stay, stay the course and continue the path that God has called them on, the path that's in their heart. Don't allow that to happen this year. Don't allow this to be, this to be the same thing for you. Listen, if depression has dogged your heels, don't allow it this year. I said, don't allow it this year. If, if turmoil has invaded your home, don't allow it this year. If fear has been, in your, has been running in your life and driving you to do things, don't allow it anymore. There's more for you, but you gotta be, so you, know, so you, know, I'm, you can't have one and still hold on to the other. I said, you can't have one and still hold on to the other. Do you want that thing? Pastor talked last week about this year we're going to get what God has. We're going to walk in health. We're going to walk in prosperity, right? He talked about that. This is going to be our year. Do you really want that? Do you want it bad enough to get off the couch and do your part? I can tell you this. There have been people in this church before believing God for their healing. Now, it's been a long time ago, so you have to wonder, a long time ago. They haven't, been, they haven't been here in a long time. Believe in God for the healing, but they still wanted that disability check. I'm believing God for my healing, but well, I really want that check. Which one do you want? Do you want to get healed or do you want the check? See, a lot of times we, we, try, to, we try to compartmentalize things, right? Well, because, because I want this, but this other thing over here, I want to hang on to this, this little part of this. No, it didn't work that way. Which one do you want? I want to be healed, but, you want to, but, but I still want people's sympathy. It's the truth. 
how bad do you want it? Do you, do you want it bad enough to get over not having the check and getting out there making your own money? <laughs> do you want it bad enough to, to, to put the Doritos down? Yeah, we're talking about supernatural things. It'd be supernatural for you to put the Doritos down. I want to be blessed in my finances. I want 2019 to be a year of prosperity I've never seen before. Are you willing to quit buying everything you see? See, listen, you can't blame that on God. Listen, you, you, the blessings of God will never overcome our, our desire for something else. To satisfy the flesh is always, whether it be food or whatever it is, buying stuff, you can never satisfy the flesh. If you're living to satisfy the flesh, you won't have what God wants for you. You just won't. Well, that's not, I want to be encouraged, Pastor Greg. I am encouraging you. I didn't come to church be told to put down the Dorito. Well, be, listen, what do you want? What do you want? Well, you know, 2018, I was wanting certain things, but you know, it, it didn't happen. And I, well, you know, I guess God's got a plan. He had a plan. You ate your way through it. <laughs> now, we all have work to do in this area, right? I just ate some Doritos yesterday. Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> Ooh, and they were good. <laughs> but what do I want? That's right. You might say, I want more Doritos. Well, go to the store and get yourself more Doritos. Really, Doritos really aren't our problem. It's our willingness to accept something other than what belongs to us and being satisfied with those things. What is it that you want? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to get there? Mark chapter 5. This is a classic account. Mark the fifth chapter. It's 1150, goodness, okay. <laughs> Mark chapter five. We know this, this account, verse 25, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Notice she had suffered many things from many physicians. This, and this means this woman had been, she had been looking for an answer. She had suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. You might say, well, I've done this. I've invested a lot. I've invested everything. And, and things are no better in my life. That's where she found herself. I've invested. Listen, we're pro-doctors. We have medical people here. We're pro, we're pro you. We love you. But she'd gone to many, you know, there's some things that medicine can't help you with. There's just some things it can't help you with. How I many know medication to mask something is not getting rid of it? <laughs> medication to hold something at bay is not getting rid of it. I mean, Pastor talked about that last week, didn't he? It's not getting rid of it. You can move beyond that. But she suffered many things from many physicians and had spent all that she had. She must have had some wealth. She spent everything that she had, and she was no better but grew worse. But when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd. What did she hear? She probably heard, well, this, this guy, 
This guy's amazing. Everywhere he goes, people get healed. Everywhere he goes, uh, uh, impossible things get taken care of. Everywhere he goes, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. Everywhere Jesus goes, stuff happens. When she heard of Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment for she said, if my only touch his garment, his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? Of course, you know, we know the disciple says, what are you talking about, Jesus? Everybody's touching you. Verse 32, he looked around to see her, her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the whole story. And Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. But how many know it wasn't her faith was manifest and her desire to not quit and to keep pushing? Don't quit. Keep pushing. There are things that Jesus has laid hold of for you. Don't give up on those things. Keep pushing for those things. Keep moving forward. I do believe this. There are things that the Lord would tell each of us natural steps to take. You know, scripture we read in, 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 in uh, 1 Corinthians said, eyes not seen nor ear heard, right, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for us, but the Spirit has revealed these things. The Holy Ghost is our help. The Holy Spirit is our help. He's your help. The reality is he's got, he's got the steps to get you from where you are to where you need to be. He knows how to do it. He knows the, 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 the obstacles. He knows the, the side steps and the moves you need to make. He knows every rock that's in the way. He knows all the details. And so no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, You've got help to get to where you need to be, but you've got to learn to depend upon him. Our dependence upon him and our, our, our dependence upon following him is really the answer to us. Because he'll teach, he'll show us things in the word that we need to see. He'll reveal things in our life, that adjustments we need to make. He'll show us these things. He'll, he'll reveal these things to us. You've got the help you need this year. You've got the assistance you need this year. Whatever it is, you've got it. Like I said, I was going to go a different direction this morning, but, but we need to be encouraged and to stir ourselves up. But more importantly, two weeks from now, you need to stir yourself up. Some of you need to go home and write on your mirror, I will not quit. I will not lose heart. I'm not a quitter. I'm not just a good starter. I'm a good finisher. Right? Write it on your mirror or whatever it takes for you to remind yourself, listen, don't just haphazardly go until excitement, uh, the excitement wears off. Don't just haphazardly move along until other things eat your attention or you once again fall into settling until you cozy up to the bag of Doritos. You know what I'm talking about. But make a purpose. Listen, I'm not going to withdraw. I'm not going to withdraw. I'm not going to pull back. I'm not going to be the guy who's just going to sit down in the corner of the hole and wait for daylight to come. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm just not going to be that guy. See, those are things that God can't do for us. These are not things that God can do for us. 
The power that we need to answer these situations, he has the power, but whether we get to it or not, whether we connect, make the connection is entirely up to us. The woman here, she had to push through the crowd. She was t- it was tough. She was physically worn out. It, it was obviously, it was, was, was very difficult for her, but she did it regardless. Because her unwillingness to quit, her unwillingness to, to let loose of those things, she's able to get what God had, what Jesus had for her, get her answer. Listen, I want to encourage you. Don't settle. Keep pushing forward. Keep pushing forward. I said, keep pushing forward. Go back and read this scripture again in Philippians. Hope this is all right this morning. Third chapter, verse 12 says, Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. But I press on that may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold for me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, therefore let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. Let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. You know, a mature person will do whatever it takes. No matter what it takes, they're going to do what's required. That's a sign of maturity. Do you have that in you? Will you do that? Your answer for this year, the things that, that are on your heart, the things that God has talked about, that's where, that's where your connection is going to be made. He's not withholding any good thing from you. So he's not withholding one single thing from you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.